that is trustworthy, being the kind of person that others can, can depend on. And I've entitled my message this morning, Lean on Me. And uh, you're going to see why at the end of the message this morning. But I would like us to take our Bibles, please, and turn to Ephesians chapter 6. The Apostle Paul has written a letter to the dear brothers and sisters in the city of Ephesus. And as Paul often does at the end of his, his letters, and that's what this is, it's a letter to the people in Ephesus. He gives some last-minute instructions, and then he tells them about Tychicus. And he says, Tychicus, my good friend here, and I'm reading from, uh, from the message. He says, my good friend here will tell you what I am doing and how things are going with me. <clears throat> He is certainly a dependable servant of the Master. I have sent him not only to tell you about us, but to cheer you, cheer you on in your faith. I want to uh, ask you a question this morning. I want to ask you just to examine your own heart, your own life for a moment, to, to see whether you are a dependable person. Are you the kind of person that others can depend on? He said, well, what exactly does... Dependable mean? What is the, what's the definition of dependability? Dependability is a value showing the reliability of a person to others because of his or her integrity, truthfulness, and trustfulness, traits that can encourage someone to depend on him or her. When I was in school growing up, I was, uh, some, some might have called me the teacher's pet, uh, others would call me uh, the the suck-up, <laughs> whatever you want to call it. Um, I, wasn't, I wasn't a teacher's pet. I, I didn't see myself as that. I didn't, certainly didn't see myself as a suck-up. But I was dependable. And so what, I would, what, what happened is a teacher oftentimes would ask me to do special, um, uh, do special tasks, do special things for them. For instance, uh, in my grade, grade 5 class, uh, I was the one that was called upon to go to the library to pick up books for the class to read. And, and the nice thing about, about this special task is that I got to do it while everybody else was in class doing work. And so uh, uh, I learned very early that it, it really pays off to be somebody that the teachers can depend on. And so that's what I got to do. I got to go to the library, and uh, I could come and go as I pleased. In fact, I started to feel very much like one of the, one of the school staff. Uh, I didn't make it to the, to the staff room or anything, but uh, I was just one step away from that. Um, I, was also, I was also the kid that would go running for hamburgers to the local restaurant, and I would get out half an hour before everybody else was dismissed, just before lunch, and I'd go get lunch for all the teachers. And um, I thought this was fantastic. I got to go to school. It's only as I got older I realized that I was, in fact, <laughs> the sucker. <laughs> I was the one. I was, I was the gopher. I was the one that had to do all this, all this hard work. And so there it was, 30 below, and I was, I was wearing it as a badge of honor that they asked me to go and run and get hamburgers. Um, Dependable. Are you that kind of a person that people can depend on? People can rely on you. I want to talk about that this morning. I want to talk about uh, how dependability, how dependability, is is the ingredient. It's the the missing ingredient in so many relationships today. It's why marriages fall apart. It's why friendships fall apart. It's why churches fall apart. Dependability is, in fact, the thing that makes you great. It's what makes you a great Christian. 
It's what makes you a great friend. It's what makes you a great employee, a great, great father, great mother. And the thing is this. If you are not dependable, then you can never aspire to greatness. If you are not dependable, you'll, you will never be remembered as somebody who is truly great. And you know, I've, I've, I've said this before. One of the great things uh, that I do as a pastor is I officiate at funerals. And I can tell you that the funerals that are really special are for those people who have passed away who were dependable when they were living on this, on this earth. That before they died, they were known as someone that was truly faithful. And so I want to talk to you this morning, first of all, about, about being dependable and how that makes you, first of all, a great Christian. Look what it says here in Ephesians 6, 21. And Paul is, is referring to Tychicus here, and he says about Tychicus, his friend, he says, he is certainly a dependable servant of the Master. He is certainly a dependable servant of the Master. So the mark, first of all, of a great Christian is that he or she is faithful in serving God. Now, I want to point out to you this. You, you don't just all of a sudden make up your mind, I'm going to be a dependable person. You don't sort of think, well, I'm going to muster up all my energy and all my strength, and I'm going to be, from this day forward, a great person who's dependable at all times. I need to remind you this morning that in Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 to 23, it says that the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, and faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And so here's the thing, friends, is that I can stand up here and I can give you a good pep talk, I can give you a good pepper, I can give you all kinds of great illustrations, I can point out famous people in history who were dependable. But the fact of the matter is, is that you need the help of God. That's the first step of being a dependable and faithful Christian. You need the work of the Holy Spirit in your heart, in your life. The fruit of the Spirit is dependability. The fruit of the Spirit is love. The fruit of Alan Duncalf is not dependability. You and I are not by nature dependable, and here's why. Because depend, being dependable, being faithful, is the opposite of selfishness. Did you know that? By nature, you and I are, in fact, selfish. Look at that person beside you. Don't they look... Yeah. That person beside you, unless they have the help of God, they will not by nature be dependable. They will not by nature be faithful. You need the work of God in your heart and life. Now, here's the thing. Show me somebody. Show me somebody who is not dependable. Show me somebody who is not faithful. Show me somebody who you cannot depend on. I'm going to show you somebody who is not growing spiritually. I'm going to show you somebody who's faltering in their walk with God. To be dependable, you need to have the help of God in your life. And if we didn't need the help of God in our life, then you didn't need to come to church. You could stay home and listen to Tony Robbins. You could stay home and listen to any, any number of, 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 of motivational speakers. But we're here today because we are a people who confess our need of God. We're here today confessing our dependence on the Holy Spirit. You and I, on our own, are not dependable. You and I, if push came to shove, would have to admit that we're pretty self-centered, pretty selfish people. We would rather do 
our own thing. But the fruit of the Spirit is faithfulness. It's dependability. God is looking for a few good men. Anybody remember that, that movie? And a few good women. For those of you who might have been offended by me saying a few good men. God's looking for a few good men and a few good women. In fact, Jesus says this in Matthew 25. He's, he's talking about the faithful servants or the dependable, the dependable servants. And he says this in verse 21. He says to the, to, the, to the servant who has been faithful, he says this. He says, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. And so I would say this to you today, that the key to advancing in the kingdom of God, the key to growth in the kingdom of God, the key to to taking on more responsibility in the kingdom of God is that you prove yourself faithful in the small things. In fact, I would say this to you this morning, that there is no advancement in life, neither in the church or outside of the church, unless you learn how to be faithful, unless you learn how to be dependable in the small things. And I would say this, too, that so many people who are not dependable are people who think that they're going to get their advancement by pursuing their own wants and desires. That never, never works. What you have to do is learn how to be dependable and faithful to God. I don't know if anybody has ever heard of Norman Geisler. He is a, um, he was a, a legend He's an elderly theologian now, but he was a legend last century. Uh, Norman Geisler uh, has written probably 30 or 30 plus books. And I, in fact, when I was in, in Bible college, I had to read uh, uh, three, I think, buy three or four of his books. They were our textbooks. And uh, he wrote in, in so, many, so many different um, um, areas in the area of anthropology and apologetics and in theology, et cetera, et cetera. But Norman Geiser did not grow up in a Christian home. As a child, he went to DVBS because someone invited him. So one of his neighborhood friends said, why don't you come to church with me? And so after DVBS, uh, he naturally started going to Sunday school, again because he was invited. And uh, Hank, listen to this. He went to church on the Sunday school bus. And that same bus came to pick him up Sunday after Sunday after Sunday. In fact, Norman Geisler determined that that bus picked him up at least 400 times. No, that's, that's, a, lot of, that's a, lot, a lot of times. That's a number of years. That represents a number of years. And uh, each week, he was faithfully picked up by his bus driver. This dependable bus driver picked him up week after week after week. We're looking at about four years. For those of you mathematicians who are figuring out 400 Sundays in your head, we're looking at close to four years. So listen to this. Each week, that bus driver, dependable bus driver, it's the same bus driver, week after week after week, he attended church, and part of his Sunday worship was saying, God, use me to make a, a difference in someone's life. Week after week, he picked up Norman Geiser when Norman Geiser was just a child. And he brought young Norman Geiser to church. Listen to this. Finally, during Norman's senior year in high school, after being picked up for church over 400 times by the same bus driver, he ended up committing his life to Christ. And then he asked the question, what would happen 
if that bus driver only picked me up 395 times or 399 times. I want to tell you this today. What makes you a great Christian, what makes you a valuable Christian is your dependability, your willingness to show up and do whatever needs to be done for the glory of God. What if that bus driver said, this kid is going nowhere spiritually. Why should I waste any more time picking him up? Have you ever felt like that? I've been doing this for four years now. I'm fed up with it. I'm tired of it. It's, it's, you know what I'm saying. You, you've, you've rehearsed those excuses in your mind. I've, been a, I've, I've committed myself to this for so long and nothing seems to be happening. And, and what's the point? Tychicus was a dependable servant of the master. Norman Geisler became a dependable servant of the master because he was picked up by a dependable bus driver who was a servant of the master. Now let the Spirit of God speak to your heart this morning because the thing that's going to make you truly great, someone who's going to be remembered as being a great Christian, is whether or not you are dependable or not. But more importantly, my friends, it's not what people think at the end of the day. It's what does God say about you. And Jesus himself is going to judge you. And I don't know about you, but I think that you're the same as me. You want to hear Jesus say, well done, good and faithful servant. That's what's going to make you a great Christian. It's also going to be, dependability is also what's going to make you a great friend. You see, you cannot and never will be a great friend to anybody until you learn how to be unselfish. When you can learn what it means to live for the other person. Paul says about Tychicus, he's my good friend. My good friend here. He, he's going to tell you what I'm doing and how things are going with me. I want you to get, I want you to get, get the underlying message here. You know, you know what Paul's really saying here? He says, Tychicus is an extension of me. He's my good friend. And you know that having Tychicus there is like having me there. We're so tight. We're so close. Tychicus lives for me and I live for him. My friends, that's what friendship is, by the way. It's not what you can get, it's about what you can give. And here's, here's the great mystery of friendship. What brings you joy in friendship is not in what you get, but in what you give. So many people in their friendships says, you know, this friendship is not going anywhere. You know, that can never, they, they never call me, they never ask me out, they never do anything with me. Well, I, I want to ask you this question. What are you doing to make your friendship better? How are you serving your friends. What are you doing to advance your friendship? What are you doing to serve the people in your life? If you're a self-centered person, you will never have close friends. In fact, people who are self-centered, you know what they turn to? Because they don't have close friendships, they turn to manipulation. You show me somebody who's a manipulator, and I'll show you somebody who's self-centered. You show me somebody who, who is a control freak, and I will show you somebody who hasn't learned yet what it means to faithfully serve others. Because here's the thing. If you want to have close friendships, there's only one of two ways you can do it. Either you're going to be a servant, a dependable, faithful servant to the people in your life, or you're going to try to manipulate and control them. That's the only way you're going to have friendship. The Bible calls us to be the kind of friends that the Apostle Paul had. Now, if you read through the New Testament, and I hope that you are... 
Uh, has anybody here made a New Year's resolution to read through the Bible this year? I hope, I hope you do. And you're going to, there's one person that's going to read through the Bible this year. <laughs> We're in good shape here. If you, by the time you get to the New Testament, and especially to the letters of the Apostle Paul, you're going to come across names like Tychicus and Onesimus and Epaphras and Timothy and Titus and Phoebe and Dorcas and Apollos and John Mark. You know what all these people have in common? They're all Paul's friends. And you know what he says about all these people? He, he says this about all of them. They're dependable. My faithful friend Epaphras, my faithful friend Onesimus, my faithful friend Tychicus, my f- faithful Phoebe, faithful Dorcas. They're faithful, dependable people. Now, here, listen to this. When I was in Bible school, we took a course on the life of Paul, the Apostle Paul. Anybody heard of the Apostle Paul? He's the one that wrote so much of the New Testament. Now, listen to this. Listen. We take this course on the Apostle Paul, and we focus almost exclusively on the Apostle Paul. But I want to tell you this today. Had it not been for the Apostle Paul's close friends, these people mentioned here, listen to this, listen. The Apostle Paul could not have done what he did. Let the significance of that sink into your heart. What made the Apostle Paul truly great were these great and faithful friends. These people that he could rely on. These people he could depend on. These people who were not out for number one, but were there to serve God and to serve the Apostle Paul and to serve the church and to serve new believers. This is what made them truly great friends. People that could be relied on. And these are just, by the way, some of Paul's faithful, dependable friends. How on earth did the apostle? How on the earth was the apostle Paul so successful? He didn't have a fax machine, he didn't have a a a photocopier, he didn't have a cell phone, he didn't have a a, a, I want to call it a blueberry. It's a blackberry. (laughs) He didn't have he didn't have a laptop or a personal computer. He didn't have an overhead projector. All he had was. Some quills and some vellum and or whatever it was that he wrote his letters on. That was it. And yet, listen to my friends. No one in all of church history was as productive as the Apostle Paul. And yet he had absolutely no technological benefits. All he had, listen to me, all he had were his faithful friends. Now let the Spirit of God speak to you. All he had was his faithful friends. You know what a a faithful, dependable friend does? A faithful, dependable friend says, it's not about me. I'm going to do all that I can to serve you. And that's what each of these 11 people that I mentioned said. Paul, I'm going to serve you. I'm going to do whatever I can to advance your agenda. And guess what happened? Paul, so Paul's saying, and I'm going to do whatever I can to advance your agenda. Because here's the thing. When the Apostle Paul is being made successful by these people, these people are being made successful by the Apostle Paul. That's the way it works. This is what true friendship is. You know, i, I got to mention one of my friends. i got so many friends I shouldn't really mention any, but one I want to mention, i got to point it out, point this out. Every, every Thursday and Friday we come here for prayer. And I come through that front door and Tom, it's like, it's like every, 
it's, it's like clockwork. The minute I walk through the door, he whips around like this, like this, and hands me a cup of coffee. The lights are on, some nice prayer music is on, and we, away we go to prayer. And I sit down, and the very first thing I say is, Lord, thank you for my dear and good friend, Tom, who faithfully shows up to join me in prayer. My friends, this is, this is what it means to be a great friend. It means that you are willing to take or make the sacrifice to serve and to help others. I've got other great friends I could mention here this morning, but I won't, I won't go into that right now. The Apostle Paul mentions, I, mean, I mentioned 11, there's more yet. I just mentioned one of the faithful and dependable friends that I have. What a blessing, what a joy to have someone that you can depend on. Do you have someone like that in your life? You just say, God, thank you, thank you, thank you for that person. Well, you need to start praying and saying, God, help me to be a faithful and dependable friend for somebody else. Because this is really what it means to be a Christian. When you're dependable, you become a great Christian, you become a great friend, and guess what? (laughs) You become great at everything. That is, in fact, the secret to greatness. That is the secret to success, is to be dependable. If you want to be a great father, then you have to learn how to be faithful, how to be dependable. That means when your kids watch you, not just on Sunday, but on Monday to Saturday, they see in your life Christian attitude, conversation that is Christian. They see a temperament. You know what I mean by temperament? A temperament that is faithful to God not blowing up, being nasty and mean. And if you do blow up and you are nasty and mean, you say sorry, you apologize. That's what it means to be a faithful father. You set an example of godliness. You provide for your kids. You care about your kids. You spend time with your kids. I'm, that's what I'm trying to do. I'm, you could ask my kids. You'll find out that I'm not perfect, but I certainly am trying. I'm trying to be a faithful and good father. You want to be a faithful and good mother? Set for your kids an example of unselfishness, of servanthood. I remember growing up, my mother would get so frustrated with four kids in the house, and she'd say, do you think I'm your servant? And one time, being a smart little Alan, (laughs) I said, yes. (laughs) I almost lost my head that day. She was being sarcastic, and I was being funny, and it wasn't so funny. But I can tell you this. Mothers are remembered for being great mothers because of their willingness to serve their kids. Take a look at any Mother's Day card, and what does it say? Thank you, Mom, for always being there, for putting Band-Aids on my skin knees. Thank you, Mom, for always having lunch. Thank you, Mom, for making my, for, for my room, for my clothes. For, and you, you, you know what I'm talking about. Thank you, Mom, for being Mom. A dependable, faithful, good Mom. You want to be a great employee? I had to brag about Jesse a little bit. I... I I have rarely seen a young man 
as dependable, as faithful as Jesse. Um, he's probably going to be mad at me for embarrassing him like this. When he worked at Rona, he was always there on time, always there a bit early, and never missed a shift, never called in sick, always, always dependable. And guess what? He always got extra shifts. He was always called on to come in to work extra because they could depend on him. You want to be great? You want to be successful in life? I don't care how much education you have. I don't care how much natural talent or skill or ability that you have. I don't care how rich you are. I don't care how good looking you are. But at the end of the day, the bottom line is this, is are you dependable? Will you show up? Will you keep your word? Will you do what you said you were going to do? Woody Allen said 95% of success is just showing up. And you want to know something? That's the way it is for you and me as Christians. God's called you and me to be faithful servants. And what you and I need to do is you and I need to learn how to show up, how to be dependable, how to be there when we say we're going to be there. You want to have a faithful and great marriage? Then learn early what it means to be faithful and dependable. Learn early what it means to serve your husband, serve your wife. In fact, someone once said that the only fights that, that husbands and wives ought to have is they should be able, they should, their fight should be all about who gets to serve who. It's my turn to do the dishes. No, it's my turn to do the dishes. Anybody have any fights like that at their house? <laughs> it's my turn to take out the garbage. I will not let you do it. You did it last time, and I must do it this time. It's my turn to, to, to shingle the roof. Let me, let me do that. Husbands and wives, you want to have a great marriage? Outdo each other in serving one another. In fact, the Apostle Paul says that. Outdo one another. Outdo one another in, in loving each other. Imagine the... Imagine if those are the fights that we were having. I'd love it as a pastor, if not getting phone calls. Pastor, we're having problems in our marriage. We're, we're fighting over who gets, to, who gets to serve the other. I guess that'll happen when we get to heaven. <laughs> Paul talks about one of his friends, Epaphras, who, uh, who's being used by God. Epaphras says, God, I want to, be, I want to, I want to serve you. Epaphras is not, he's not being paid to do this. He's not a, he hasn't been to Bible college or to seminary. He's just a lay person who says, God, I want to be used by you. And listen, to, listen to this. this is a, what a fantastic tribute the Apostle Paul gives in Colossians 1, 6 to 8. He says, all over the world, this gospel is bearing fruit and growing just as it has been doing among you since the day you heard it and understood God's grace and all its truth. Listen to this. You learned it from Epaphras. Wow, what a compliment from the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul didn't say, you learned it all from me. I'm the greatest. I'm awesome. He says, you learned it all from Epaphras. Listen, our dear fellow servant, who is a faithful minister of Christ on our behalf, and who also told us of your love in the Spirit. You know, this is, a, this is just a, a mind-boggling, thrilling partnership that the Apostle Paul has with, with his friends. 
they're all out doing one another and serving each other and being good to one another and being dependable and, and thoughtful of the other. The Apostle says Epaphras is the one you learned from, how to be faithful. You want to be great at what you do? You want to be great, a great servant in kids' club, in Sunday school, is ushering, WM, senior. If you want to be great in the seniors, you want to be great wherever you are, then learn what it means to be dependable. You're the first one there, the last one to leave. You're the first one to pitch in and help out. You're the first one. You lead the way in serving. Then you're going to be great. Back in the 70s, in New York, New York had become almost a war zone. People become extremely self-centered. People had abandoned the church. Crime was at an all-time high. And, in fact, any, any of the schools in the inner city of New York were disaster zones. Nothing, nothing good came out of those schools. And uh, the video clip I want to show you right now is based on a true story about a principal who went into a school and who epitomized modeled faithfulness and demanded faithfulness from his students. And maybe you remember that, that the movie that came up based on that true story. It was called Lean on Me. And I want to show that to you right now. And although this is a, you know, this is a remake of a, the real thing, I want you to know that it very much reflected what took place in that school when people stopped living for themselves and started living for others. Lean on me. Let's go ahead. If you see the beginning of that film, you see a school that is in a perpetual state of lockdown because drug dealers are coming and going. Kids are failing their exams. Everybody's failing. But when the, when the atmosphere changes and people start depending on one another and being dependable, that was the turnaround moment. That school turned around. Teachers were, became dependable. Students became dependable. People started serving each other. You know, there was a... Someone has said that, someone has said that the greatest psychological advance in the 20th century is the... Was the, the, the teaching about self-esteem... And how a person can feel better. But I want to tell you something, folks. You don't have to go to the psychology of the 20th century. You just have to go 
through the scripture of the first century, which will tell you how you can feel good and how you can be happy. Derek Bell says, self-esteem is like a difficult-to-cultivate flower. It requires, listen to this, frequent nurturing that occurs when you keep your word and follow through on your promises. The Bible said that 2,000 years ago. Keep your word, follow through on your promises. And Jesus says, come and share your master's happiness. Would you stand with me, please? Father... As we stand here this morning, some of us know in our hearts that we have been living pretty self-centeredly. We've been putting ourselves first. We've become undependable. Some might even say unfaithful. God, we know today that the greatest Christians, the greatest friends, the greatest husbands and wives, the greatest marriages, the greatest employees are those who are dependable. God, I pray for the grace and the strength that we need. Pray for the work of the Holy Spirit in our hearts and lives this morning. Father, we reach our hands to you and say, God, touch us by your Spirit and cause us to be unselfish, giving, serving, faithful believers. We ask, oh God, for grace today. When we see miracles take place in our families, when we say marriages improve, we say families improve, we see situations at work improve because we become dependable. God, do that work, we pray in Jesus' name.